0: welcome to the trade secrets podcast i'm alex papadopoulos
1: and i'm romina papadopoulos
0: so romina we want to talk tonight about money Mm -hmm. and how to make more money right um i've been listening to some podcasts lately looking at some social media um tony robbins style stuff but not Tony Robbins himself <laughs> okay. um, and and talking to a few people that have asked me for some help and some advice okay. um, on starting their own companies uh-huh. and making a bit more money. Okay. So let's have a discussion about it because sure. I, I think that we've got quite a lot that we can cover here mm-hmm. um, from, you know, what can you just do to begin and then, but then how do you actually action it and how do you keep it going beyond that? So we'll probably have, have a few different episodes on this. Um, but first things first, um, you know, some people want to make more money simply. Mm-hmm. They may be in a job that just doesn't pay them enough. That's there, there's no horizons for them in the future. They may not even be able to afford a house with the, with the career that they've got. Right. But I want to talk about something that I believe in is that everyone, no matter what they're currently doing, can find a way to do, to make more, not yes. to do more, but to make more.
1: Right. Right. This is a, like your side hustle maybe, or... <laughs> Or even, you know, a uh, segue into just launching your own business or consulting or just doing something else that'll bring more income.
0: So I think a lot of people do look at that as the first avenue. And maybe it's uh, maybe it's, it's almost presenting themselves with a mountain that's just too high to climb. And that is, they're, they're currently maybe in a career that doesn't really matter what it is. And they see their next their next step as, if I want to make it bigger, if I want to be my own boss... I need to start a company. I need mm-hmm. to. I need to do what my current boss is doing, and go out there and market and start something of my own.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um, I will often see that and experience that myself when you're working for somebody, obviously as an employee, that um, you can do a really good service for. But then, uh, yeah, you can go out and and get your own uh, business, and set up your own website, and get your own clients. So yeah, that's definitely a thing that comes up.
0: So like I said, I think it's, I think it's probably in most cases, depending on where someone is in their career, creating a huge barrier for themselves Mm -hmm. by doing that. Um, So there's, there's a lot of different opportunities. And I think the first things first is, is for someone to recognize what kind of skills do they have, or what are they good at that they can monetize it monetize on right right Right. so even if someone for instance is you know let's talk about let's talk about our career so you're you're a therapist Mm -hmm. um a lot of therapists or psychologists um come out of school they graduate they go through their internship Mm -hmm. um a fair amount of them go work for an agency right
1: yeah they do um you know an agency work is very difficult it's not very rewarding you're coming out of grad school with a master's degree, earning about, here in Central Florida, could be $18 an hour. Maybe you're doing great at an agency at about $30 an hour. Meanwhile, in private practice, you could be earning anywhere from $70 an hour to $200 an hour. So yeah, you know, I think coming fresh out of grad school, right into agency work, that's one of the um, biggest smacks in the face in terms of disparity in income with the same qualifications when working for an agency versus working for yourself.
0: So there's, and, and that kind of money is, like like you said, if, if you're earning 18 or $20 an hour, even $30 an hour, that's right now, today in 2021, that's not enough to buy a house. That's, you know, you're... Yeah, you're,
1: especially not in this housing market where you're competing with little miniature uh, <laughs> uh, corporations that are snapching up houses very quickly.
0: So, and I think this is important is that in, in a lot of different jobs like this, you're providing a service, whether you're self-employed or working for someone, you're providing the same service, mm-hmm. but you're getting paid a, f- a fraction of that. Right. So this is wh- this is where I want to get to my point. I think it's a good example of someone who's come out of school working in an agency, working their 40-hour weeks, um, all of a sudden says, well, I, I want to do more. My next step is to go private practice. But yeah. that is... It really is a big step because yeah. you're guaranteed your income right now. If you go start private practice, what do you have to do? You have to start from scratch, find your own case. Load. You can't steal your current patients right. or your clients and take them with you. Right. So it, it really is a, it really is it a big step.
1: It requires a leap of faith, absolutely.
0: So I think where where I want to get with this is that there's, there's ways to get there without – quitting your job and starting a company Mm. and i think the one of the best ways and probably again because of the technology we have today is that you can start a little bit of a side gig Mm -hmm. a little side hustle where you're you're qualified you can start your own private practice on the side now that sounds tough it probably is really tough in Mm -hmm. terms of working hours because you've got 40-hour weeks as it is or 35-hour weeks. And now you want to start building up and, you know, potentially even seeing what it's like to work private practice, maybe Mm -hmm. doing some weekend clients or some in the evenings to slowly build up, get a taste for it, but, you know, get a few clients under your belt as well.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I immediately think of like attorneys, mental health practitioners, um, physicians. You know, these are going to be the types of trades where you can you know, either work for a corporation or yourself. And yeah, it is difficult depending on how much you're working because you're going to have to try to squeeze time out in the evenings or on the weekends or just go ahead and risk everything. And you might have a downtime of like, you know 6 months so but again this is you're talking about a side hustle not necessarily quitting and something brand new well what right? i'm
0: trying to say is if if you you know you look at the disparity between those hours and the same is very similar for a lot of careers so in it as well if you're a developer for instance a programmer mm-hmm. the the difference in pay is is astronomical if you're working again for yeah. for for another employer you, you might be getting, again, $30 or $40 an hour. Whereas if you could find someone to pay mm-hmm. you to consult or program directly for them um, under your own company, mm-hmm. you would be earning th- three or four times as much. And I think that's right. where the difference is, is that... No, it's not just about creating a side hustle. Mm-hmm. It's about creating a side hustle with an aim to make that your permanent gotcha. hustle. Yeah. Because that's what give that's what will give you that freedom to now say, right. you know what? I, I'm earning three times as much. I don't have to work 40 hours anymore. I can uh-huh. set my own schedules to a certain degree. Right. Even if I work more hours, let's say you're doing big projects and you're a software developer, mm-hmm. you're earning that much more. You can work a project, take two weeks off, take three weeks off. Right. You're not constrained to working in that job anymore. Yeah. So my point is there's ways to get there without taking the big risk, Mm. cutting everything, hoping for the best in your own company. And then, and then, you know, hopefully building up some clients as a way to kind of ease into it, but means a lot of work up front and then let it take over.
1: Yeah. And I, I also think that it's, um, you know, the best way to do that is if you can find a delicate balance between exiting your safety net job and entering your own practice or your own business and that's because if you completely jump ship um and start your own business you might be desperate you might be a little too hungry you might sell sell yourself short with your fees and your rates in the beginning which is there's nothing wrong with that and there's definitely plenty to be gained in terms of experience and um you know learning lessons and all that stuff but, um, and then also if you're too cushy in your um, current, you know, safety net, then you might not be hungry enough um, to get well, out Well, that's there. a good
0: point. And that was going to be in my next one is that I, I see it quite a bit where people will kind of do something on the side. But because they haven't fully committed, uh-huh. and there's, I'm sure there's a psychological aspect to this, if you uh-huh. haven't fully committed to it, yeah. it, it, now you've just got two safety nets. Now you're just working a lot right, more, right. earning a little bit more money.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy how, pe- how dependent people are on those safety nets. Um, just very recently, I started flirting with the idea of actually expanding my practice and hiring therapists to work under me. And I did a couple of interviews and these were people that were doing agency work and they were earning I'm I'm going to be generous because I don't want to say exactly what they were earning, but let's just say that they were earning $30 the hour, right? And so I say to them, "All right, well, I'm willing to pay you $80 flat fee, you know, and then anything I collect above that belongs to me." And even though that sounded amazing and fabulous to them and and I saw their smiles grow super duper wide when I told them that it takes a little while to build a practice. But I reminded them that they're still for every, you know, three hours that they're working at their agency, two hours, they only need to have one uh, client with me. Um, Even with that as a way to ensure that they can do okay, they still got scared. They, they wanted, they preferred the safety of that steady paycheck every week, even though it was a third or half of what they would be earning with me.
0: So it's important to, to realize this as well, that not everyone is destined to work for themselves. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is going to own their own company have yeah. a corporation. Um, you and- definitely
1: need hustle and initiative and drive if you want to do that.
0: So the world, the world needs people working for them. Otherwise, everyone would be an employer and we wouldn't yeah. have Yeah, Or have if you anyone. just
1: don't have that initiative and drive, I'm sure there's other ways to make money like investing and playing in the stock market or whatever, right? There's other different side hustles.
0: Right. You can play the lotto as well. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh-huh. That works. Yeah, <laughs> Just as well as investing. Right. You can buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Day trade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so something else that I think is important is is and I and again I see this a lot when i when I um, talk to people who come to me advice is recognizing that there is something that you can do that you can monetize mm-hmm. I think almost in every in every profession someone has learned enough now we're not talking about the high school graduate who's yeah. flipping burgers but we're talking about someone who's been in some kind of job or has some kind of career mm-hmm. there's always something there's yeah. always something right. um you know for instance i i i was um you know you and i both both go to the gym a lot uh-huh. right and i was thinking about how does a gym and we're not talking about the big global gyms who they make money by signing people up at low rates and hoping they never show up but you look at the little boutique gyms the type that we go to uh-huh. um i wonder sometimes how do they actually make money right. because they have very low attendance a little bit of a higher rate and then you look at all right they they probably just turn a profit if if anything but then you look at they've got coaches how do those coaches make Mm -hmm. money and you know you start looking into one particular type of type of career there's so much that you can do you don't just have to work for someone pick up a few hours coaching Mm -hmm. there's personal training that you can do right there's yes there are certifications that can get you to um, becoming a massage therapist or something right. or um, even um, you know doing seminars you can yeah. do coaching yeah. um, group coaching right. you can even what the the biggest trend right now is teaching other people how to do what you've done or right. sometimes in Consulting. a lot in a lot of the cases yeah. teaching them hoping you can teach them how to do something that you actually haven't done. You know, yeah. have to be careful of those Well,
1: in my field in particular, there's a few different iterations of that. We can become something called qualified supervisors where we can actually train, um, brand new graduate therapists, um, just out of school. Uh, the thing I'm looking into is becoming a true So specializing and uh, getting mastership training in a particular, um, modality of therapy and then what i'd like to do is become a trainer myself where i could then gather groups of maybe 10 people anywhere to like 30 or 40 if it's virtual and remote and they and they advertise again help you've advertise got te- for me.
0: technology makes things easier these days right for side right
1: so so that's that's one that i'm looking into where it's like i you know i have to take all of these certifications and level up and become a master at this particular type of therapy but once i do that comes with the networking built in getting to know the right people and then eventually once i train i can in a weekend be the trainer that certifies other mental health therapists or even lay people for that same modality that i become uh, became an expert in yeah so that's another really good side hustle doing group therapies is another one creating workshops is another one
0: so i think i think and i and i'll apologize because i said to you at the before we even started recording that I don't think this is about education, but I think education is actually a big part of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Right, I had mentioned that maybe we could talk about certifications, but you kind of...
0: I dismissed it and I... You dismissed it. I apologize, so we'll move
1: on. So you you caught my eye rolls, is what you're saying, when you started talking about certifications after all? Is that what I'm hearing?
0: So we'll move on.
1: Apology accepted.
0: You're welcome. (laughs) Um, So again, I think that the important thing to note is there is something out there you can make something more mm-hmm. whether it's money or fulfillment or making a making a getting a company started um it's important to realize what it is that you're good at whether it is doing that job mm-hmm. for someone else yeah you know taking what you've learned at a company creating a new company doing what you have been doing, maybe even becoming a competitor yeah. to your existing company. Be careful with that because there's probably legal problems that you right. you might foresee. Right. Um, or it could be consulting. And when we talk about consulting, it's advising. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's even potentially teaching mm-hmm. and coaching yep. other people who are starting that job or want to get into that career. True. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is first step. Uh-huh. First step is realizing...
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, um, taking a good look at what your natural strengths are, what is it that you enjoy about your job right now that you could maybe get better at, or, you know, what are your passions? Because you don't have to, for example, try to, let's say that you're in marketing, okay? Um, And you might want to freelance or become a consultant in marketing. But you might also notice that you're really good at uh, convincing people to do things and buy particular products. So you might want to go into public speaking and do public speaking engagements. And that's a whole bunch of money, right? So it doesn't have to be, you know, taking your entire career and trying to find side gigs with it. You might just find that like one or two parts of your career could be enough to do something with on the side.
0: And then there's, there's also the, the total reversal where sometimes there are businesses out there that are needed in the market that have nothing to do what you're doing Mm -hmm. um, that make a lot of money. So if you are truly money driven, Mm -hmm. um, just starting up a business that's needed. Um, Landscaping, for instance, you know, maybe you're in a job that doesn't pay all that much right now, Mm -hmm. um, but you want the freedom and you want to earn your own money. Um, There's even manual labor jobs like that are, are needed and in demand and can, if you start your own company and you run the company well, can make you more than sitting in an office all day.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you know, that's another thing to pay attention to. Are you spending your time outside of work doing something that you really, really love? So, for example, I had a particular client that had grown bored with her position. She was really good at it, but it just wasn't challenging anymore. And in her free time, because she's vegan, she she would bake. And people started telling her that her baked goods were really good and she started maybe talking to a couple of friends who owned their own shops to see if she could do pop-ups, and that started becoming a side hustle for her. So you know, which uh, vegan sweets is a little bit of a niche, right? It's there's not a ton out there. So so yeah, something like that is another good way of making income on the side. And and as a matter of fact, you and I are currently helping a small business owner by buying, um, their, uh, food prep meals from your gym, right? So this is somebody could, that could, that could theoretically have their 35, 40 hour job during the week. And then at night they go and food prep X amount for the customers that they're having. And then they, you know, they bring it in now, maybe it's much more of a commitment where they're, they're really going for it, and it's become their entire job. But well, that's, that's and that's, thing an, that could that's a side another. Hustle. I
0: think that's another good example. You know, how much does a how much does a cook make at at a restaurant uh-huh. versus um, you know starting a little business doing meal prep for people in the I neighborhood? Think that's
1: there's... such an amazing thing to get into. If, if there, there's so many cooks out there working for restaurants not earning that much, and I mean there's a ton of these little boutique gyms that you know people are willing to pay a lot of money for to have food prep done for them to have variety of healthy food coming in once a day that that's something I would want to get into <laughs> if I ended up losing my job and had in a, in a weird alternative universe. If I was never to be a therapist again, I would probably just immediately hit the kitchen <laughs> and start trying to figure out how to feed these gyms because I, that seems like a, such a lucrative. Well, thing not and just gyms. Demand.
0: Everyone's everyone's working. Everyone's working hard. People have taken mm-hmm. advantage of all the Uber Eats and Door Dashes right. and whatever and Postmates in the last year. Um, in fact, that's one of the reasons why we started using that service because I looked at my DoorDash Mm -hmm. usage on my credit card since COVID started and we've spent an absolute fortune. Nasty. Um, plus we're eating healthier now. It sounds like an ad for this guy. Maybe we should get him to sponsor (laughs) us next time. How many times have I asked (laughs) if
1: that dude has a website yet because my clients are asking about him? So
0: we won't, we won't. This is not about us giving business ideas, although we're obviously throw a few few in there. Yeah. Um, I think the, the real point here is that there's, there's always going to be opportunity out there, even with the simple businesses. You know, mm. when I look at people that I talk to in technology and, and something that holds a lot of them back is they're thinking about what's the next big idea. You know, they, they want the next big Facebook. They mm-hmm. want to be the next Facebook or the next WhatsApp or Instagram, and they want to build an app. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not always that, it's not always that simple. Um, It's mostly not that that simple. (laughs) Even though it's, even though that's not a simple concept, it's not always about finding the next big idea. Sometimes it is about just making meals for people. Yeah. There's Um, a,
1: there's a statistic. I forget what the numbers are. Um, but you know, the difference between, I'll just say regular folks and like successful entrepreneurs is that entrepreneurs just, um, they throw way more ideas out there to see what actually sticks. So they're not afraid to make a bunch of mistakes. They're not afraid to try different ventures. They, they're more willing to take risks. And what ends up happening is it ends up being a number game, numbers game, and something eventually does stick. And yeah, it could be something as, you know, little as like. Canning uh, vegetables like uh, Heinz did, and now he's you know it's Heinz ketchup, uh, multi-billion or million-dollar empire. Right. So
0: right, exactly. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about entrepreneurs. It's and I have trouble saying that word, but um, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, but it's uh, <laughs>
1: entrepreneur, but it
0: is it is a. Uh, it is a numbers game. Mm. It is a luck game, but it's also it's, it's a also a courage matter of, game. It is definitely, mm. and I think I've got a quote for you that I want to okay. read. So, luck isn't about fate or worth or karma or tiny green Irish men. Luck is about foresight paired with strategic action. Mm. Luck is about planning. Luck is about deliberately putting yourself in the right spot at the right time, and that's what entrepreneurs do. Yes. That's by Mike Michalowicz.
1: And what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> what is his credential? He wrote a book. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: the wave, riding the Clearly wave. Clearly,
1: he's doing something right because he's being quoted. <laughs> he is
0: ride the wave of consumer demand and become your industry's big Kahuna. Yeah. So he knows what okay. he knows what he's doing. So yeah, it's it's a lot of the time it is just about hustle and and creating that mm-hmm. luck, and sometimes just genuine luck. Yeah. So. Like I said, we've got a lot of different steps after this. We're not. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be an entrepreneur course, but it is going to be a you know some i Id- some ideas and some thought an on intro. On um, if you if you do want to change things, right, without us being sounding like t- Tony Robbins either, <laughs> um, we're going to throw some ideas out there.
1: Yeah. All right. So, what are your ideas?
0: Oh, this is step one. Uh, yeah. Oh, this episode yeah. is just step one. Yeah. This okay, episode's so we have over. Time to yeah, we have time to prepare for yeah. step two. We need subscribers. We need a cliffhanger, <laughs> so this is the cliffhanger.
1: All right. So step one: think about what your strengths are, or what you really love to do outside of your work time. Um, also, taking risks, having some courage.
0: And I know. Start thinking about how much risk you're willing to take. Yeah. So what are your strengths, and and what is your risk profile? Are you are you able to take risk? Yes. Because as much risk as you want to take. That's where you that's where your next plan will come into effect. Correct. That's it. Now you All have right. to subscribe and join us next time.
1: Yes, tell your friends. <laughs>